It's six minutes after the hour, 48 degrees outside our KTTR studios. Paige Hyphen is back with us today. And Paige, we have guests also We today. do. Um, so first, happy birthday, Lee. Thank I you know you've much. already told everybody, but we're really excited oh, that it's your so, birthday. You're so sweet. We've got Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. <laughs> we do have there. Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. <laughs> um, but Marsha, Marsha, Marsha is actually Marsha Wayman with the foundation. She's the director of philanthropy at the Phelps Health Foundation. So welcome back to our show, Marsha. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, I keep wanting to say Marsha, Marsha, Marsha now. I know. <laughs> well, you know, you won't forget me that way. I know, yeah. Everybody's going to remember at least your name from today. Um, so I love to kick off the show. I know a lot of people in the community already know you. You were born and raised here, but just kind of give us a brief overview of who you are, what brought you back to here, because you were living in Colorado, and um, why you love working for the foundation. Yeah, so thank you so much for having me here this morning, Paige. You know, um, I, I have basically dedicated my entire career to the nonprofit sector. Um, so before moving back to Rolla, Missouri, I was in Colorado Springs. And I, I've actually been out there for about 20 years, so I, I've dedicated my entire career mm -hmm. to the nonprofit sector. And when this opportunity to come back to my hometown mm -hmm. came open, I, I decided it was time. I wanted to bring that knowledge and experience and see what I could do to contribute and give back to my community. So I've been with the foundation ever mm -hmm. since coming back in 2016. I love that. That's amazing. So what do you love so much about working with the Phelps Health Foundation? Because like you said, you've got 20 plus years of experience in nonprofits. Well, you know, what draws me to the nonprofit sector and the foundation specifically mm -hmm. is, you know, the nonprofit sector is really kind of that gap sector mm -hmm. of our economy. And we're really looking at ways that we can fill the needs in the community. And I just see so much potential. Um, we have such a, a great community, a very giving community, mm -hmm. um, but we also have needs within our community. And I really see a lot of growth and potential to, to look at some of those things that are challenging in our community and, and find ways to solve them to make our community a much better one. I love hearing that. I think we're all going to leave this conversation sh conversation today feeling really empowered and ready, ready to go make donations. <laughs> so today specifically, we're talking about year-end giving with the foundation. Um, before we dive into that, tell us a little bit about your CFR designation. So that's great and I'm glad you, you brought that up. So CFRE stands for Certified Fundraising Executive and it is a commonly recognized certification for those in the nonprofit mm -hmm. sector and you know it's one thing to be passionate about your mission and um, you know the cause that you support but you know whether we like it or not at the end of the day we're we're actually accountable to our government. Our government is the entity that grants us our non-exempt status. And so part of that CFRE designation is not only are we knowledgeable of our mission and our cause that we're serving but we also are able to, to remain compliant with our government so that we can maintain that nonprofit status um, so that mm -hmm. we can continue doing what we do best, which is serve the community. Yeah, I love that. I hear you say that. And really what I get from that is you guys have a really high standard of ethics. Absolutely. Whenever Absolutely. it comes to fundraising. Absolutely. And I'll just throw in, sometimes we get compared to salespeople. Mm -hmm. So if you ever feel pressured to give a gift, that's not what we're about at all. Mm -hmm. It's really more about how we can connect a donor to their mission and their passion. We're, mm -hmm. we're basically that liaison. Yeah, well, and, and everybody's passionate about different things, right? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. and through that relationship building, you guys kind of help discover what that is and fill that need. Exactly. I love that. So um, why should somebody consider your in giving as an option? Let's just dive right in. So that's a great question. And, and you know, it's not um, a surprise that a lot mm -hmm. of the contributions come in at the end of the year. And, and there's a couple of reasons for that. And I, I'll, I'll cover Spirit both of, of giving. Those. The spirit of giving. Um, you know, obviously, 
I think we see a trend even in society where people are more focused on, you know, experiences or, or giving mm -hmm. of things that they're passionate about. Um, I know in my own family, a few years ago, we started that tradition. You know, we're, we're all getting older. We have enough stuff. So we like to, you know, share those experiences and we like to share, um, you know, supporting causes that mean things to us. So I think there's an element of that. Um, there's also an element to, you know, whether we like it or not, tax season is right around the corner mm -hmm. and, and we'll talk a, a little bit more about that, but there's an opportunity to, to reflect on that and say, is there anything that I can do in terms of my charitable giving that not only meets my passion and my desire to help those charities that I feel are important, but maybe there's some financial benefit or some tax benefit to that as well. And um, whether we like COVID or not, mm -hmm. um, there are some benefits that have come out of COVID in terms of philanthropic giving. And, and we'll talk about two of those because um, they are benefits that expire at the end of this year. Mm -hmm. So there's just a, a few more weeks that- Yeah, uh, to make sure that you can do it. Exactly, exactly. Mm -hmm. So Marsha, who qualifies for year-end giving? That's a great question in anyone. So these can be gifts of cash. Um, they can also be gifts of intent. So maybe somebody, and, and we met back in October uh -huh. to talk about National Estate Planning Awareness Month. And you know maybe somebody has gone through with that and they know that they're going to be making a gift at some point when, they're, when they've passed and their estate is settled. And they can simply let us know with an intent form that a gift will be coming at some point in mm -hmm. the future. And to give you a little bit of insight into that, I had a conversation last year um, with an individual and it's taken almost three years for that estate to settle and we just received notification yesterday of their gift forthcoming so you know gifts are always in progress so outright gifts or even those gifts of intent um, and for this year in particular what I want to kind of talk about it's it's opportunity one that's in our guide and I know you know, our yeah, we've all got these really great uh, booklets here for us. <laughs> um, I think they're, how many pages are they? Like 15, 15 16 pages? They're wonderful resources, yeah. and, and we'll talk later, but um, anybody in the audience who would like a copy of these, they're free, no strings mm -hmm. attached, no obligations, and they can just simply reach out to, to the foundation and get a copy of their own. But we'll talk about strategy number one, which is a, a benefit that expires again at the end of this year. And this allows those individuals, and this covers many, many people, so those who don't itemize. Mm -hmm. So those individuals that, um, you know, it's Lee's birthday, and we decide to make a donation to his birthday fundraiser through Facebook or uh -huh. Meta Universe or whatever you want to call it. And, um, you know, at the end of the year, you may realize that those gifts here and there add up. Um, so for this particular uh, deduction that expires this year is that if you've given $300, even if you don't itemize, you're able to take a deduction of $300. Um, and you know, for an individual donor, that may be enough to, to lower your taxable income by a level. So that may poten potentially reduce your tax mm -hmm. liability at the end of the year, may increase what you're getting back in terms of a refund. Um, so that's kind of the individual benefit for that, but I think it makes more impact if we look at it from a community and an organizational standpoint. Let's say in a community of Rolla where we have roughly a population of 20,000, we take a, maybe half of that, you know, to account for children and, mm -hmm. and those under age. 
let's say everybody in Rolla, that 10,000 people, took advantage of that $300 deductible. That means mm -hmm. that 10,000 people have given $300 yeah. to their community. That's $3 million, Paige. Mm -hmm. And from the hospital perspective and the foundation perspective, we serve a, a six-county region. So let's take that out a little bit further, a region of 200,000 people. Mm -hmm. 100,000 people at a $300 donation is $30 million. Mm -hmm. So it's not only an impact to the donor, but it is also an impact to the community. And I think sometimes it's it's important to reiterate just how important nonprofits mm -hmm. are to their communities. Yes. So anybody I, can participate that in that. And if you look at your fundraising, mm -hmm. you look at your receipts from Facebook and you say, hey, I've given 250 you know, dollars this year, there's yeah. still time for you to make that last $50 donation now, to qualify. Let me ask a question yeah. about, about this fundraising, mm -hmm. Marcia. Uh, is the hospital of Phelps Health size. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm glad we have this particular endeavor that people can donate yes. to, to whatever charity they want to in right. relation to the to this uh, uh, foundation. Is it mandatory though that hospitals this size have a foundation? Or is this just unique to the to the business? Okay. That's a great question, Lee, and it's not. Um, mm -hmm. Most hospitals do have a foundation, and, and we get asked that a lot. Mm -hmm. You know, really, what is the role of the foundation? And mm -hmm. we are 100% a supporting foundation of the hospital. And we'll, we'll talk about that mm -hmm. a little bit more, but our, our mission fund really is the ability for the community to give through the foundation tax exempt so you know i referenced you know let's say the three million dollars mm -hmm. rather than that being taxed then to, mm -hmm. and given to the hospital that that's three hundred dollars tax exempt revenue that the foundation could potentially then filter through the hospital yep. to support you know unfunded patient and family needs or mm -hmm. even those projects Marsha, what are some of those needs really quick that might help explain as well? So the Mission Fund is our kind of collective mm -hmm. annual fund that supports patient needs. Mm -hmm. It also supports programs, projects, yep. and the purchase of equipment. I like to say the mm -hmm. three P's because I think sometimes it's easier to remember. Yeah. Of those initiatives of the hospital that have basically been approved through their capital budget and their strategic planning, but maybe they just didn't make the, the budget cut. You know, we are limited. We, we can't necessarily do everything. We have budgets that we work with. So that mission fund helps support any of those needs. And when I talk about patient needs, I think it's really good to drive this home. One of our number one requested needs for patients, usually when they're going through cancer or they're in part of our hospice program, is nutritional supplements. Uh, that is one of the number one things that we get requested and they're expensive. Mm -hmm. um, but for somebody who's going through that, that's that could be the difference between good nutrition and, and not good nutrition. And then transportation. And, and I'll give an example of a donor who made a wonderful gift last year. And I asked him what prompted, it was a new donor. And he said, well, my, my wife was diagnosed with cancer. And he goes, I guess it just wasn't good enough that she got to do it alone. I got diagnosed with cancer as well. And so they participated in our transportation program mm -hmm. because they, they didn't have the energy or the desire to drive each other to their appointments. And so they made that gift um, to pay it forward to that mission fund. Mm -hmm. And you know, transportation vehicles are another thing. We go through them quite frequently, as you can yeah. imagine, and, and they're thirty dollars or $40,000 a piece. So that's something else that there's always a need for. And hearing stories like that from donors really drives it home that mm -hmm. something as simple as having 
nutrition and transportation so yeah. that you can get the care that you need and you don't have to worry about that. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's very impactful. Yes. I, I love that. That gave me goosebumps listening to you. Um, because often I think we see $300 and we think, Oh, well that's, that's nothing. That's a drop in the bucket, but right. it's not collectively. collectively. It is huge. And I just mm -hmm. gave the perfect example with just even yes. that $300 deduction. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love that. I did have another question before sure. we move on to opportunity number yeah. two. Can you break down what you mean whenever you say itemize? So for anybody that's on their, mm -hmm. their tax forms, you know, you can either take a standard deduction or you can itemize yep. those, those items. So normally someone who is not giving big gifts, mm -hmm. they may not itemize. Keep receipts. Yeah. So keep receipts, just keep mm -hmm. receipts. And the nice thing about this $300 deduction, you don't need to submit anything. It's basically a line item mm -hmm. on the front of the tax form. Um, and again, I'm not a tax expert, yes. so you know, I encourage you to reach out to your accountant or your tax professional, but it's really simple. It's just mm -hmm. a straight $300 deduction. It, it, it reduces your um, adjusted gross income and mm -hmm. potentially could put you in a different category to, to maybe give you a little extra boost in your refund. I love that. Okay, so opportunity number two, let's dive right into that. Yeah, so opportunity number two is on the other end of the spectrum. So for those um, donors that maybe have the capacity to give a little bit more, there is another benefit that expires at the end of this year, and this is a crazy one. And when I really looked at this, I'm going to give you an example because I this really is what made it drive uh -huh. home for me is that you have the ability if you itemize so these are some of our larger donors that maybe are giving mm -hmm. out large gifts have the capacity to do that um, till december 31st of this year you can actually deduct the full amount of your adjusted gross income so what that means and i'll, I'll give this example because i think this will help explain it let's say Chris and Pat are a couple that are getting married in 2022 uh -huh. and they've been successful tech gurus in 2021 mm -hmm. and they both, let's say they both earned $2 million. At the end of the year on $2 million, they're going to have to pay taxes on that income and that could reduce what they actually bring home to say $1.2 million. Oh, what a terrible problem to have, <laughs> right? Um, and collectively, they both raised you know $2 million at the end of the year, collectively, they would have $2.4 million. So that means that $1.6 million went to taxes. Mm -hmm. Let's say Chris decides to donate 100% of her adjusted gross income from 2021 to her charity of choice. So she now is giving $2 million mm -hmm. to, to her charity of choice. And so they only bring home $1.2 million but collectively they've been able to manage $3.2 million of their income versus the $2.4 million. Mm -hmm. So the reason I gave that example is that it empowers the donor mm -hmm. to say, I want my $2 million to go to my charity of choice. I don't want $1.6 million to go to taxes. And so mm -hmm. it just gives that individual a choice. And again, this is just a, a random, this is part of that, that yeah. CARES Act. And that is an opportunity that does retire at the end of this year, but it's a huge one. And mm -hmm. and there are people that are able to do that. So yeah. And make those kinds of large gifts. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. So, so talking about large gifts, this leads me mm -hmm. into my next question, which is perfect. 
if somebody is in a position to make a large cash contribution or any type of large contribution, mm -hmm. when should they make that gift? Should it always be at year end? It can be at any time. And, you know, I gave this, this example opportunity mm -hmm. too, because that's just this random opportunity yeah. that somebody would have, you know, through the end of this year. But, you know, really, if somebody finds themselves in a position where they're either able to do that, or maybe, you know, they've inherited some wealth or, you know, there's a, a ton of scenarios in which mm -hmm. that can transpire. I always encourage them to, to number one, talk to a financial advisor, look what, and see what makes mm -hmm. sense with them. And then when they've made the decision of who they want to be the benefactor of that, you know, if it happens to be Phelps Health Foundation, we would mm -hmm. love to sit down and talk about that strategy for them and provide them with specific opportunities or maybe initiatives that that gift can make the most impact. I love that. One of the items I had on here that I wanted to talk about is, is planned giving, but I want to break this down a little bit more sure. because before we stepped in here today, we were talking about the difference between annual and legacy yes. giving and planned giving as part of legacy giving. Yes. So now that I've kind of thrown all of that at yes. you, let's <laughs> dissect it. Absolutely. So it's a perfect segue. And, and we were talking earlier about, mm -hmm. you know, the annual fund. So those are those immediate patient needs yep. and those projects, programs and purchase of equipment. Well, on the other end of the spectrum is that, that future giving. So most legacy and estate gifts, again, they're going to happen at some point in the future when someone has passed away and their estate has been settled and you know they may or may not know what that actual value will be. But we intend to build an endowment for the foundation. And what that is is basically a future fund. And if I can give a perspective, let's say when the foundation was established in 1996, mm -hmm. so we're roughly 30 years old, Let's say that back in 1996, we decided we were going to ask people to make a, a planned gift mm -hmm. so that 30 years in the future, we would have this fund. Theoretically, everybody's passed away in those 30 mm -hmm. years. It would only take 8,000 people. So, you know, less than 4% of our entire regional's mm -hmm. population had we done that back in 1996. Wow. We would have had $400 million 30 years later. And what that translates into is even at a conservative 4% distribution each year, that's $16 million. So let's say COVID happened and we had an endowment, the hospital mm -hmm. had needs. They could say, foundation, we need all these unplanned expenses. And we could mm -hmm. say, how much? Let's write the check. We have $16 million to give you this year. So that's the power of that future giving. So both have very important purposes. Um, but they're very different. They're very different. Have we started an endowment fund at Phelps Health? We what does are, that look like? We are. So we're just getting started. And, you know, back in October, we had uh, mm -hmm. our National Estate Planning Awareness Month. So we're really launching this initiative and we're really raising awareness mm -hmm. for people in the community to know that we have the capacity to do that. And if they're thinking of those types of gifts, just initiate that conversation with us. Yes. And, and Marsha is a perfect contact. Um, so Marsha, what's your phone number or a, a way that people can get a hold of you. So they can reach me at the foundation at 573-458-7946. Mm -hmm. um, and of course, email for those that like to reach yes. out, email, you can do that as well. Mm -hmm. So we've got uh -oh. a few minutes left. I want to talk about some big things that Phelps Health has on the horizon because yeah. I know you guys are really busy with lots of things going on. Right. So what are some things that you guys have planned for maybe Q1 of 2022? What does that look like? How can so, people get connected? Yeah, so we're planning some of our uh, events that are coming up in 
well, I guess mid-2022, because uh-huh. we're already planning for them, is our butterfly release, which will be mm-hmm. in May, May 21st. And then our annual golf tournament, which will be June 10th this year. And mm-hmm. I think the rain date, we're not going to have rain, but there is a rain date that's two weeks following that. So there's opportunities for businesses to get involved as sponsors. Um, there's opportunities for individuals to, to get involved in participation. Um, if they want to volunteer, reach out to us, and, and mm-hmm. we can certainly give them a, a very meaningful role in, in making those events happen. Yeah, one of the things you just brought up something else in my mind is the impact that volunteers have oh, for foundations. Mm-hmm. Let's just talk about how important they are. So, in the nonprofit sector, anybody mm-hmm. who has worked as a paid <laughs> professional, in the I'm nonprofit, laughing because I know, I know. It, it, it's you have to do a lot with very little. Mm-hmm. So, unlike a you know a, a growing for-profit organization where you can hire people as the need increases that doesn't usually happen in a nonprofit. So you rely very heavily on volunteers. So mm-hmm. volunteer management and recruitment is it's critical for the nonprofit sector. So that need is always there. So that's one of the ways that the community can give back. They can Absolutely. be a volunteer with you guys. They Absolutely. don't have to be part of the auxiliary, right? Mm-hmm. They can just call you and say, hey, Marsha, I want to help. They can be part of the, the organization and just help with events um, or, you know, just even being advocates for us in the community. Mm-hmm. If, if somebody says, hi, you know, I don't know anything about the foundation how would I find out about that you know ask us you know answer those questions you know connect us so that we can provide good quality information Mm -hmm. I I know sometimes it's so hard to filter out you know what's true and what isn't and and we really need to do a better job of that so yeah and though in the world of social media right Right. we take everything at face value (laughs) exactly exactly no I love what you mentioned um brand ambassadors really for the foundation so as the director of marketing that's one of the things that I think about for every single employee that works at Phelps Health is you represent our organization let's make sure that you have the right information whenever you go and talk to people that's so important and so valuable so what are other ways that the community can get involved in giving back so, um, you know, we're going to <laughs> announce soon <laughs> some big changes. Uh-huh. So, you know, COVID has kind of dispersed our team. We've been at the hospital for many, many years. Then we went remote. Um, we're going to be moving into a new location next to the hospital. A couple of blocks away from marketing. Across from marketing. Uh-huh. So um, that hasn't been officially announced yet. So don't go by there because it's not It's It's, <laughs> it's not, not finished. Yet. Nobody's home. <laughs> Nobody's home yet, but we will be there. And I'm excited, Paige, because mm-hmm. we'll really have the opportunity to have some open door you know, meet and greet opportunities. I'm hoping to have a coffee club. Oh, I will be <laughs> so there. Sign me up. Coffee, Sign Kayla up. Exactly. <laughs> you can come in, get updates from the foundation, mm-hmm. see our new house, you know, know where to find us. And I'm really looking forward to that. It's It's been a long yes. wait. And uh, mm-hmm. it, it's a sign of that 2022 is going to be a great year. Yes. You mentioned open house. So yes. one of the cool things with the butterfly release, and if I'm talking at a turn, stop no, me now. No, no, no. Uh, one of the things that I think is really cool about your house is you have a lot of space so you guys can host some of your events at your new location right so um, with the butterfly release I've actually been working with a local naturalist who is associated with the um, uh, I think it's a state monarch Uh association so we're hoping that we'll be able to to have events where we can have some of that habitat Mm -hmm. even yeah some butterfly bushes exactly Mm -hmm. so there's there's just limitless opportunities. I'm very excited. I love that. That's amazing. Well, Marsha, you are always a wealth of knowledge. We love having you on our show, on our podcast. Um, To kind of wrap up here today, we've been speaking with Marsha Raina Wayman, CFRE, 
Director of Philanthropy at the Phelps Health Foundation. For more information about Phelps Health, please call 458-7946. Marsha also has a ton of these 13 strategic year and charitable opportunities for donors. You are welcome to call her and she can make sure that you, you get a copy or maybe a few copies to give to your friends. It is the holiday season, right? Exactly. Uh, if you missed part of the show or would like to listen to it again, please visit phelpshealth.org.